Greetings and welcome to the First Nazareth Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Blakely Scott, and I'm going to take this opportunity to thank you for taking time to tune into our podcast. We pray that it will be a blessing to you. May we bow together in prayer. God, in the splendid and excellent name of Jesus, we are before you in praise and adoration because we acknowledge you as sovereign Lord, that you are above all, over all, and the all in all, and that you are God all by yourself. Now, Lord, it's time for us uh, to allow the real preacher to take control of the next few fleeting moments. And we are asking that you would hide me behind your cross so that folk would not see me but see the Christ that is in me. Let the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, our Lord, our strength, and our Redeemer. In that sweet, sweet name, in the name of Jesus, your service prayer. Amen, amen, amen. I need the for how he has brought us into the season of celebration and this time that we recognize as, as probably the most significant day on the calendar, Easter Sunday morning, when he got up, ha, yeah, with all power in his hands. This Sunday is designated as Palm Sunday. And the Lord led us to the gospel as penned by the evangelist John, chapter number 12, verses 12 and 13 in particular. John chapter 12, verses 12 and 13. I shall lift into your hearing the New Living Translation of that segment of Holy Writ. It reads thus in the New Living Translation of John chapter 12, verses 12 and 13. The next day, the news that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem swept through the city. A large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches and went down the road to meet him. 
they shouted, praise God. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hail to the King of Israel. We'll talk from the subject, the dawning of a new season. The dawning of a new season. And then as a subtopic, preliminary praise precipitated by God's past performance. I think I can say it again. Preliminary praise precipitated by God's past performance. We solicit your prayers. The Lord wants us to approach this year's Palm Sunday celebration with the enthusiasm, excitement, and energy that it rightly deserves. Seeing the day for what it is and for what it stands for, the desire, aim, and intent of the Almighty is to get those who are in a faith relationship with him to keep the fervor, fire, and focus fixated on who he is, what he is, how he is, and what he is able to do. With a faith calibrated mentality and, and I know what the Lord is going to do spirituality, he who showed himself as exceptional, extraordinary, and excellent want us to never forget that as he was, he still is. And as he is, he will always be. And that goes for anything that he runs into, anybody who gets in his way, and anyhow, it becomes existentially and subsequently. In other words, the Lord wants uh, uh, those who belong to him to go through life with confidence in him, with faith in him, and with the firm conviction that he's good, and he's so good at being God that nothing can stop him, no one can hinder him, and if you belong to him, you can count on him to always come through. Therefore, based upon what he has already done, the Lord wants it to resonate and to not deviate in our psyche that we can be absolutely sure that what he's going to do, especially as it relates to what he is going to do for you, as he did, he will keep on doing. As he was there for you before, he'll be there for you some more. The way he previously took care of you is only indicative of how he will keep on taking care of you. And how he came through that time only makes it clear that he will come through again this time. Thus, as a person with some experience with the Lord and who has the proper perspective about his consistency, his unswerving reliability, and his unwavering constancy to do as he has always done, you borrow the words of 2 Timothy chapter 1, the B clause of the 12th verse, and say, For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he's able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Therefore, as a believer in the goodness of the Lord and in the pure nature of his saving grace, you always look forward to a fresh anointing, the opening up of another opportunity, the unveiling of a new day and the dawning of a brand new season. Such was the mindset of those who had gathered in that praise session that Sunday right before the first Easter Sunday morning. Believing that God has something special in store for them, they praised him in advance and glorified him for what they anticipated that he had coming down the pike. 
having seen enough already to crank them up, to fire them up, and to stir them up to a high level of anticipation and optimistic expectation. The crowd could care less about what others thought of or about what some might would have to say. Understand, if you please, that to just now have the outstanding showpiece of the Lord's wonder-working power during which he brought Lazarus back from the dead, it seemed that that was a catalyst to cause their enthusiasm to rage like a wildfire that burned and kept on causing others to catch on fire as well. Verse 11 gave witness to the zenith level of praise as it says because that by reason of him many of the Jews went away and believed on Jesus to make sure that it is clearly understood as to who that verse was talking about. The New International Reader's version of John chapter 12 verse 11 leaves no room for wonder. It says because of Lazarus, many of the Jews were starting to follow Jesus. They were believing in him. In other words, the massive numbers of followers spurred on by what the Lord did by bringing Lazarus back from the dead only fueled the enthusiasm even the more. Fact of the matter, it fueled things so much so that the first chance they got to put on or what they were feeling on display, they made it perfectly clear that they came together with the single intent of praising the Lord. Close to being unruly and out of control, the praising crowd caught, caught up, up in their ecstatic joy and their overwhelming excitement. They were loud and demonstrative. They were exuberant and deliberate. They were thrilled and filled and they were excited and delighted. God has something good in the making and they were happy about uh, that. Uh, they, they could not keep it uh, to themselves. Well, if you will permit me to do so, I will label what was going on as an, their anticipation of the dawning of a new season. They saw the manifestation of the mighty miracle of Lazarus' readmission into the land of the living, coupled with the triumphal entry of the Lord Jesus Christ into the city of Jerusalem as the clear signal that God was getting ready to do what he said that he was going to do. God had initiated and inaugurated a shift in things. God was putting together and pulling together a monumental move of his conquering power to unveil his plan of salvation and redemption. And God had decided that the time had finally come for him to straighten some things out, to work a few things out, and to bring some folk out who had been under a heavy yoke, a tremendous burden, an unfair bondage, and a grievous oppression. You see, God isn't going to stand by forever and let those who belong to him to be treated just any old kind of a way. No, there will be a day of reckoning, a time of judgment, and a moment where God will say, that's enough. That's why it pays to be a child of God. All you have to do is just hold your peace and let the Lord fight your battle. For you see, if you trust and never doubt, he will surely bring you out. And the voice of David by way of Psalm 37 
7 will speak directly to you saying fret not thyself because of evil doers neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb trust in the Lord and do good so shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed that's what the folk in the text had running rampant throughout the ranks of their affiliation the fresh anointing and the firm conviction that a new season was dawning and it was being ushered in by that man named Jesus who was more than a man he was God in the flesh the text says in the language of the new living translation the next day the news that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem swept through the city a large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches and went down the road to meet him they shouted praise God blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord hail to the king of Israel notice if you please that the waving of palm branches and the utilization of the word Hosanna as it is mentioned in other translations is a combination to give further emphasis that these folk had their minds made made up about what was about to take place. Not only did they look at what had already taken place, but they factored that in into causing them to believe that something special was on the horizon. You see, the palm branches were symbols of victory, and the word Hosanna literally means give salvation now. It's not a name, but it's a declaration and a confirmation of being convinced that as Jacqueline Carr puts it, something big is about to happen. They didn't know what it was or when it was, but based upon God's past performance, they were convinced that it had to be something good and for their good. Therefore, with eager anticipation, earnest expectation, logical realization, and proper theological interpretation, they got rambunctious in their exhilaration and loud in their audible reverberation and unified in their glory-given articulation and emphatic in their praise enunciation to the Lord. The New Living uh, uh, Translation says they shouted. The King James Version says they cried. The New International Version uses the word uh, shouting. The Message Bible says they cheered. So whichever translation that you look at, all of them emphasize that it was an above the usual volume of expression. They were noisy. They were loud. They were thunderous. And they didn't hold anything in uh, as they expressed themselves to the Lord. The King James Version says they took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, blessed is the King of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. Can't you see being declared between every line of the text, the folk back then saying, we have seen enough already to be completely convinced, to be fully persuaded, and to be taken to a level of high expectation that we have not seen anything yet. Well, that the Lord was working on me and working with me in the process of preparation of this preached word. He said some things to me that he wanted to make sure that I would mention for your consideration. 
are taking advantage of this high day on the Christian calendar that is actually the prologue to the greatest day ever. The day when the Lord Jesus won the victory over death by not staying dead but by getting back up from the dead as a part of the process that was put in place in order to save, redeem, rescue, restore, and recover lost humanity so that we too could enjoy the victorious more than conquerors and living to live again position as persons on the Lord's side. The Lord would have us to pick up a few things from these folk who were so excited about what was about to come their way that they engaged themselves in an act of praise that was noteworthy and so noteworthy that has been preserved on the pages of history for generations yet to come. You see, the Lord wants us to be like them in that we will see every past event as an indication of something even greater and grander already on the way. Grabbing a hold of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 9, as it says, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Our praise should be raised, and our expectation ought to cause us to walk by faith and not by sight. And that will lead me to mention that the first thing that the Lord has led me to bring out as a part of this preach word is that praise is a divinely authorized component of authentic and legitimate worship. I think I'm going to say that again because y'all didn't act right when I said it. The praise is a divinely authorized component of authentic and legitimate worship. In fact, in a matter from God's perspective, it should be as natural to us as breathing and ought not be a bone of contention for anyone who has right reverence for him as our God. Psalm 22, verse number 3, verifies that by letting us know that the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. Psalm 50, the A clause of the 23rd verse, further validates the divine authorization by quoting the Lord saying, uh, whoso offereth praise uh, glorifies me. And Isaiah 43 verse 21 adds a little more flavor for the gumbo. It says, uh, the Lord said, this people have I formed for myself. They shall show forth uh, my praise. In other words, God uh, is all right with it. He enjoys it and it's a valid, viable, and vibrant part of a personal, personal relationship with him. It lets him know how you feel about him. It says to him how much you appreciate him and it makes it clear that you are not ashamed that you don't have any reservation and that you aren't holding back anything when it comes to making expression to him and again I will say the Lord is mighty good with that and the thing that I like about that is that no one then has the right to think that they can tell you how whether or not you can praise him how you should praise him or when it's all right for you to praise the Lord once God says it's all right, then that's all the, the okay that you really need. You see, as long as you praise and you will praise is decent and in order, then the Lord wants you to know that you already have his stamp of approval. Can I get a witness? Now, if somebody's looking at you kind of funny, are they twisting all around in their seat? You might want to tell them you may want to sit somewhere else next Sunday because I'm a member of the noisy crowd. And I came here to give him some glory. Secondly, the Lord said to me, make sure uh, to mention that praise is not a bunch of unintelligent gibberish. 
can I say that again? Praise is not a bunch of unintelligent gibberish. Instead, it's a clear sign of someone's high level of intelligence and a clarion signal of their insightful perception of who God is, how good God is, how blessed we are, and how our state and status comes in spite of who we are, what we've done, and how we've become. It comes as a result of the praises recognition of God's lofty position, his awesome power, his amazing grace, his abundant mercy, his sufficient kindness, and his tender loving care. Praise sees God for how good he is in contrast to how bad we are. It acknowledges God's holiness in juxtaposition to our tendency and proclivity to sin, stumble, and to fall. It notes how prone God is to forgive and to give us another chance in spite of the fact that we'd rather hold on to things and not let it go when it comes to forgiving other folk for what they've done to us. And praise recognizes the flawless perfection of our wonderful God as he puts up with our flawed, faulty, defective, imperfect, blemished, marred, and messed up wishy-washy. Sometimes I feel like a nut and sometimes I don't. Personalities. That's what First Peter 2 and 9 is getting at when it said, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth of the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. In other words, the person who praises is smart enough to know that God has been better than good to them, that God has brought them not only a mighty long way, but God has brought every one of us every step of the way, that if it had not been for the Lord, then there's no telling where we would be, that it wasn't a security system, locks on your doors, bars on your windows, a fence around your house, a camera system, a dog prowling in the yard, but God has some angels standing guard to keep you from hurt, harm, and danger so you can say all night and all day, angels keep watching over me, my Lord. It takes insightful intelligence, spiritual awareness, theological astuteness, and mental competency to detect that God is worthy to be praised. I wish I had just a few folk who could be honest enough with yourself. When I think about how good God has been to me and I realize how bad I've been, I got to praise him. Hallelujah. That brings us to this one other thing that the Lord had, was deliberate about having me to bring to this worship, and that is that praise is not only an expression of gratitude for what the Lord has already done. Praise is not just a gesture to say thank you for all that you've brought me through. Praise is not only a sign of how careful you are to let the Lord know that you know that, that it was his love that saved his grace that rescued you, his mercy that spared you, and his loving kindness that gave you another chance. That when the Lord Jesus gave his life on Calvary, uh, he looked beyond our faults and, and saw our need. When he, he shed his precious blood, he washed us and cleaned us up. When he was buried in that borrowed tomb, he took our sins away and deposited them for permanent entombment. But praise is the believer's affirmation 
of the victory that uh, is already on the way. Praise is our confirmation of faith that sees success uh, that's sure to come. Praise says, I know that the Lord will make a way. Yes, he will. Praise says, if he did it then, then he's going to do it again. If he did it before, he's going to do it some more. I heard uh, the singer say, I hear the sound of victory. I know that things are going to change for me. I make the sound everywhere I go, and I share the sound with everyone I know. And because of his blood, I have overcome. I don't have to fight. I've already won. And with every step I take, it's getting closer and closer and closer. And the louder it gets, the louder I praise. The more intense, the more I praise. And the harder it gets, the harder I praise. I know my victory is on the way and is in my praise. Somebody ought to feel a praise rising up on the inside. Well, if you believe God for your victory, why don't you go and praise him? If you know that God will make a way, why don't you give him some glory? If you are believing him for your healing, why don't you claim it in advance? If you are convinced that the Lord will see you through, you ought to lift him up. And if you're sure that the Lord will fight your battles, don't wait for the battle to be over to shout. But you ought to shout right now because you know in the end you're going to win. Praise him. He has a blessing with your name on it. Praise him. He will come through for you. Praise him. God will work it out. Praise him. God will take care of you. Praise him because God will see you through. I wonder if I got anybody in here who can say I'm walking by faith and not by sight. I'm claiming my victory. I know it's going to come and I'm leaving God for it. I see the dawning of a brand new season. I see help is already on the way. God will work it out for you. God will fix it for you. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Somebody ought to say yes. I'm going to get mine and say yes. I'm claiming mine say yes. I know it's on the way. Say yes. Say yes. Say yes. Oh, yeah. The Lord is worthy. Isn't he worthy? The Lord is worthy to be praised. No wonder the hymn writer said praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. I feel like a shout coming on. Somebody can claim your blessing. Somebody sees it already on the way. Somebody knows you got victory with your name on it. Why don't you give God the praise? Lift him up. Lift him up. Lift him up. Say it. Say it. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. He is worthy. He is worthy to be praised.
from the rising of the sun until the going down of the same. His name. I said his name. His name is greatly to be praised. Somebody ought to be able to witness that he has a name that's above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee gonna have to bow. Not knees, bow leg knees, rusty knees, every knee. They gonna have to bow before the Lord. God is just that good. And he's worthy to be praised. He wants you to know that you got victory already heading your way. And you can claim it based upon his past performance. God has already shown that nothing is too hard for him to do. And that with him all things are possible. So if we just walk by faith, not by sight, don't worry about how it looks, just keep looking to the hills. <laughs> but when it's coming all about help, realizing our help coming from the Lord, which made the heavens and the earth. And I like that thing where it says, he will not suffer thy foot to be moved. Can I get a witness in here? God is wonderful and he's able to do all things. But for they got the sound sounding real good. I feel like preaching a little bit more. Can I get a witness in here? God is good and he's worthy to be praised. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. Please share with your family and friends so that uh, they will be able to tune in as well. And we hope that you will desire to learn more about our ministry. And if you would like to do so, you can visit our website at www.firstnazareth.com. That's First Nazareth, F-I-R-S-T-N-A-Z-A-R-E-T-H, one word and follow our other social media channels as well. Thank you to those who support us financially. Please subscribe to our podcast.